I'm going to go ahead and get started with our lesson. Good to see, good to see everybody. And uh, I'm going to teach out of uh, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. You can rem- you can you can say seated if, if if you want. You do horse stand doesn't matter. Sit stand, sit stand, sit stand. I'm just kidding. Now that's a Catholic church. You don't do that. I'm just teasing. Um, okay, Matthew chapter thirteen, uh, verse twenty-four, and the Bible says, "Another parable put he forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man which sowed good seed in his field. And while his men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares, or another translation, the ampl- other translations say weeds among." The wheat and went his way, and when the blades was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the the weed also, weeds also. So the servants of the house, uh, so the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? From whence then hath it these weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will you then go? Will, without then that we go and gather them up? Another translation says, would you rather us pull them out? But he said, nay, let's, while you gather up the, the weeds, you'll root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together into the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, and I will say to the reapers, gather you first, together first the weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. <clears throat> let's pray, and then you can be seated. Lord, help me to teach your word. Help me to do a good job. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be you can be seated. <coughs> I want to focus on uh, verse twenty-eight, or draw your attention back to verse twenty-eight. Um, but just a quick summary of this parable: is a man, uh, the owner of this pot of land or a vineyard, um, uh, has went out to sow some good seed. Some of you might be familiar with this passage of Scripture. And he went out and he sowed all of this good seed. And then he put his servants in charge of watching his field. And his servants, uh, doing the great job that they do, fell asleep. And so when they were, his servants were asleep, the, the Bible says the, the enemy came and sowed some bad seed amongst all this other good seed that was scattered. And... Um, and so then they be, they both begin to grow together. Um, I don't have much of a green thumb uh, at all, really, but I, I, in in my study I know that weeds and wheat can look very very similar to each other as they grow. Um, and the difference is that when they begin to bear fruits, how you can tell which one is which. <clears throat> and so when the the weeds begin to grow up with the wheat, the uh, the all all the servants. Uh, began to question the owner of the land and and asked that you not sow good seed. And he said, well, yeah, I did. And they said, well, what's all this other bad stuff we see coming up? And he said, I didn't plant that. The enemy came by. He must have when you guys were all asleep and plant all this bad seed and it's causing all the weeds or the tares to come in together with my wheat. And the servants in verse um, 28, here's what I want to just kind of focus on for just a little bit. And he said to them, an enemy had done this. His servants said unto him, what thou then that we go and gather them up. Let me read my from my amplified version. It says here, he replied, an enemy has done this. 
And then the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them out? Pull them out. And so um, before we got into our uh, new home, there were some things about it that we, I, I particularly didn't like. Um, and so, you know, there was carpet throughout the house, and, and Ashley didn't like the, uh, the paint job. And so right after we bought the home, I had a couple of men from our church come by um, to, do, uh, to, um, to, to, to do some demo on the house. And I didn't have a hard time finding guys to do, to do demo, actually. I had Brother uh, David came by, Brother Matt came by, Brother Scotty came by, and uh, they did it, they did it f- uh, actually rather quickly. And um, this is some, some things that they, was, they were telling me, yeah, I'll, I'll come help you uh, do some demolition. Uh, demolition's easy. One of them said, demolition is fun. So I just hope he didn't get carried away. Uh, and and then uh, and then various other people were like, "Hey, I heard you're demoing your house. Just just let me know. You know, demoing is easy. We we love to demo. We just tear it up. There's nothing to it." I said, "All right." So they all came to the house and we we demoed the whole house. Well, not the whole house, but the things that I needed to to take care of. They took they took up everything. I stood around and I kind of told them what to do. You know, being the good uh, supervisor that I am. And um. And so we. we they were able to take up all the floors or tear up all the carpet and, um, and everything within probably five, six hours. Uh, but then when it was time to put in new floors, I found that not, none of the three that I asked to help me destroy my house were able to put it back together. I said, what do you mean you don't do floors? You know, floors is not as easy as demo? Oh, no, 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 no. And then, you know, there's laminate and there's hardwood and there's, you know, you need to get a professional to do that. I said, well, what about painting? i got to paint the whole house. Can any of y'all do that? Uh, no, we can't really do that either. We don't like to paint. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm picking on them. Yeah, I'm picking on them. Here comes one of them right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking on them. But, um, you know, what I've found is that it, it was a lot harder for me to find somebody to renovate or rebuild or, or renew build back up my home, but it was a lot easier to find someone, people to tear it down. And um, I had to hire contractors for all these different various jobs. And then it dawned on me that why is it always easier for our human nature to want to tear down, destroy, or demolish someone else? But it's much more difficult for us to build them up, rejuvenate them, or renovate their life. And this parable reminded me of that. And uh, in, in, in my studies, and I, when I read that, I said, man, that's so good. Verse 24, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. So the owner goes out and he sows this good seed all over the field. Verse 25, while his men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And so the good, the owner of the vineyard, the garden, the cultivated field, sowed all these seeds, and he puts his servants in charge. Uh, and, so the, and, and, and when he put them in charge, instead of doing their job, they fell asleep. When they fell asleep, what that lets me know is they uh, weren't doing their due diligence, and more importantly, they, they did not know where the seeds were planted. And they didn't know where the bad seeds were placed by the enemy. 
Verse 26, the Bible says that the weeds and the wheat began to grow together. And in verse 27, so the servant of the household, so the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? From whence then hath it tares? And it, it's just a reinforcement or a reminder that they, now I want you to just kind of follow me a little bit here. The servants have no idea where the good seed was planted. And in verse 28, what I read to you, an enemy has done this. And watch this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and pull them out? Isn't it astonishing that the servants who had no role in planting the seed were the first ones to volunteer to pull them out? And here's the point I want to make is that don't pull out what you did not plant in. Don't pull out what you had no part in planting in. Why not? Because the owner knows where he planted his seed. The owner knows, and my wife was saying, well, the owner went to the store. He knew what seeds he bought. He knew where he planted the seed. He knew how he planted the seed. He knows how long and the hard work he's put in in planting and, 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 and cultivating these seeds. And so, uh, if we're not careful, and if we don't know these things, then our uprooting comments or our actions can be very dangerous. Because if we're not careful, unintentionally or unwillingly, we can pull out people out of what God is trying to do in their lives by our words or by our actions. We'll uproot them right out of their destiny. We'll uproot them right out of their calling. We can pull them out of their purpose. And I begin to think about this, and how many of you who have been living for the Lord for a while can attest to when you spent some time with somebody or you invited them to come to church, and they've been coming for a while, and, man, you've prayed for them, and you know things going on in their lives that no one else does, and and you've fasted meals for them, and you've given them money here and there, and you've taken them to church, and they're doing so well, and, and you're, 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 you've invested your time in them, and you're doing what the owner of the vineyard is doing, planting this seed, planting this seed. And then out of nowhere, you know, unintentionally, unwillingly, I, I would hope so, hope it wasn't intentional, but somebody else comes along, whether it's a church member, whether it's somebody else, and they make a comment or they do an action that uproots that person that we've worked so hard to teach Bible studies to. We've worked so hard in being a witness to. And all the work that we poured into them, they're uprooted. Because somebody who had no part in planting that seed thought it'd be a good idea to pull them out. And it's a painful thing to witness. It's a painful thing to witness. They were growing so well, and you can see the potential. They're going to bear fruit, and suddenly they get pulled out and by somebody who had no idea how much prayer you've put into that person, how much you've labored for that person. How much you've prayed and fasted and invested your time 
into that person. You see, what makes it so challenging is that weeds and wheat you cannot tell until they bear fruit. And so you may think that someone looks like a weed, but in actuality, they're a wheat. And God has plans for them to do tremendous work in his kingdom. And if we're not careful, we think it's our job, we'll pull out and mistaken a weed when God sees it as a wheat. We think it's a tear. We think it's a harm. We think it won't yield anything. But God had other plans for that person. Amen. Why doesn't pastor reprimand him or her? Find yourself asking these questions. I don't know why Brother Grant doesn't just take them off of the platform. Doesn't he know what they're doing? I don't know why Brother Grant just doesn't ask this individual to leave. Can't he see that they're a wolf among the sheep? Because, and I'll tell you why he doesn't. He knows where the seeds have been planted. And we don't. I don't. Many times he knows what's going on behind the scenes a lot more than we do. More importantly, God knows who the weeds are. And God knows who the wheats are. And he knows where they are. And he knows how they're planted. Verse 29. Here's the most dangerous thing of all when we begin to try to pull weeds out we think it's our job to do. He said, in verse 29, he said, the owner said, no. Lest while you pull up the tares, you'll root up the wheat with them. Well, Brother Bowie, I'm pretty sure he's a weed. He looks like a weed. And I put here, he smells like weed, but I said, no, I'm not going to say that. I best not say that. He smells like a weed. So if he looks like a weed, he smells like a weed, and he quacks like a weed, he are the weed. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So you want to pull him out? Go ahead. Say something demeaning. Say something hurtful. Big shot? Go ahead. You want to take matters into your own hands? I remember a story Brother Grant told, told he's told here many years. He told, he's told it here many times. The story of Brother Kraft back in Jackson where they're in, I can't remember the story very well, but it goes along the lines of they're having a, a meeting of some sort. And, and, and a gentleman who... who uh, didn't pay tithes, didn't have any kind of financial investment into the church, and they were having a financial meeting. And now in the middle of everybody, he just stands up and begins to just talk very bad of Brother Kraft and a lot of things that Brother Kraft was doing, how he didn't agree to where he, Brother Kraft was investing money in here and spending money in there and, and just began to go down the list. And I don't know how long he did it for, 
uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes in, in, in a room full of people was completely silent. And Brother Grant was there, and he was much younger, and he said everything in him wanted to, to stand up and tell that man to sit down and say some other hurtful things to the man that was attacking Brother Kraft. And, and when the man was done speaking, Brother Grant was expecting Brother Kraft to retaliate, but Brother Kraft said, well, do you have anything else you want to say? And the man goes, no, and sits back down. And Brother Kraft just continued on with the meeting. And sometime afterwards, if I remember the story right, Brother Grant came up to Brother Kraft and said, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know the man doesn't pay his tithes. You know he has no part in, 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 in any of this. And Brother Kraft said, yeah, I could have. It was, huge, it was a huge lesson to me when I learned this, you know, just hearing the story. He said the man had a wife and three small kids who was attached to this church. And he says, I could have very well pulled that weed out. But if I did, I would have pulled his wife and his children right out of God's calling, God's purpose, his church, and it wasn't worth that. I remember my own experience, experiences um, taking care of our, our, our youth over the last, over, over the few years, and, you know, several have came and gone. Some have, are off to college now. Um, and so, but many times I've had experiences with, some of their family members or with their parents. I won't mention any names, not any of our kids now, uh, but many of who've came and gone, so I'll let you figure that out. And uh, just my experiences with their parents and some of these, some of the things that they, you know, that they make it so hard for their kids to come to church, and, and they, 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 they live a lifestyle that is not conducive to their kids uh, uh, and is not a Christian environment, and everything inside of me. You know, uh, when I meet them and I say hi, I said, my goodness, why can't you just wake up? Your kid is trying to live for God. Your kid is trying to do right, and, 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 and you're trying to pull them in the opposite direction. But I understand, and so every time I, I, see, I see the parents or whoever, I make sure I'm very nice. I make sure that I take time. I make sure I don't do anything that I would pull that weed out because I know that that young child is attached to that. So... If it's not our job to pull out, then what is our job as believers, as saints, as children of God? Verse 30, let both grow together. And so if our job is not to tear down or uproot or pull out, then that means our job is only one thing, let them grow. And I'll do one better. Help them grow. Help them grow in God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Verse 9, for we are laborers together with God, and you are God's husbandry. 
Another, my, my version says that you are God's cultivated field. And in God's cultivated field, I find two things that we need to be doing. We need to be planting and we need to be watering. And if you're, and if you're not, and if, and if you do, if you're not doing neither of those things, then it's not what God wants to be done. God wants us to plant. God wants us to water. I planted, Apollos watered. I didn't, I don't see anywhere in there of I uprooted, I pruned, I pulled out. No, that's not our job. That's his job. That's God's job. He'll take care of that. We have to make sure as a body of believers, we're planting seed. We're watering seed. We're loving people that come in through those doors. Better yet, we're loving each other. We're loving each other. I thought to myself, you know, before we do or we say anything to anybody, ask yourself, am what, am what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do, is it going to plant somebody or is it going to pull them out? Is it going to water them or is it going to uproot them? Luke 22 and verse 32 But I have prayed for thee that thou faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen. Everybody say with me. Strengthen, not tear down, not weaken, not pull apart. Strengthen the brethren. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also you do. Ephesians 4 and 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up. I'm talking about building each other up, encouraging each other. As iron strengtheneth iron, so does a man the countenance of his friend, strengthening each other, building each other up, Watering one another, planting each other more firmly in our faith. Firmly in our faith. I, I, I close with this. It hasn't been very long. So you all get about a 30 minute break, hopefully, here in between church. Matthew chapter, oh, the same, the same chapter. The same chapter. The same chapters, but just a couple parables later. The same chapter, a couple parables later. Verse 47. The Lord says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a, a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. The just. Now, there's two forms of fishing. I'm really only familiar with one, and I don't do one very well to begin with. 
So there's single line fishing, and then there's net fishing. And usually, kind of the kind of fishing that's done here in terms of a hobby is single line fishing. I don't know if anybody does net fishing unless you're catching, trying to catch shad or whatever for bait. But single line fishing and net fishing. And so you know what single line fishing is. You buy a Zepco. You buy you some bait. Your bait determines what it is you're trying to catch. And so I can just, you know, even whenever we're, we're fishing in our men's outing, Brother Grant has a very important tool in his toolbox. And some of our men do. Who knows what it is? A pair of binoculars. So when they're catching fish and you're not, you can pull those guys out and see the bait they're using. And then you just shimmy up right next to them. Ask Brother Grant when he comes in here. And you know he doesn't even make it suspicious. You figure he'd be like this. No, he's just standing on, on, on front of his boat, staring straight at him, just like that. At least make it suspicious. So, you can tell what someone's fishing for by the bait that they're using. And so, if you want to catch bass, you use a spoon or uh, some kind of artificial bait. If you're fishing for catfish, you can use this water bottle. Just kidding. I'm not just kidding, actually. You can probably use this water bottle and catch a catfish. You can use anything to catch a catfish. They'll eat anything. But, but you fish for one particular type of fish, and you fish for one particular type of thing. And then I realized, you know, and then, and then with net fishing, which they do in the Mediterranean or other parts of the world uh, where they don't have the choice really to be picky, they just are thankful they, they can eat anything that they can catch. And so with net fishing, you, you do what? You catch anything. Everything. You catch them all. And it's what the Bible says. You catch them all, and then you can sort them out later when you get to the shore. Can I tell you that the kingdom of God is not single-line fishing, where we can love who we want, encourage who we want, select who gets to come to our church. We're fishing for the mayor only. Well, that would be great if the mayor of Baytown came. Got some stuff I would like to tell them. Or we're fishing for doctors, or we're fishing for lawyers, or we're fishing for CEO of companies. The kingdom of, of heaven is not like that, where you pray for who you want, you worship with who you want, you reach to people on just one side of the tracks, or you, or, or, or you love who it is that you want. But the kingdom of God is like net fishing. We are to catch them all. We are to love them all. We are to encourage them all. We are to worship with them all. We are to pray for them all. And we are to reach for them all and let God sort everything out. Catch them all, plant them all, water them all, and God will give the increase. And he'll sort it all out. Amen. Be careful your role. Be careful your duties and your responsibility. Plant God's church. Encourage the brother. Encourage a sister. 
Pray for them. Rejoice with them. Weep with those that weep. Build up the body of Christ. Don't pull things out. That's his job. That's his job. Love everybody. Amen. Let's stand this morning. I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty much done. Ten years and a little, little over ten years in living for God, I've seen a few incidences where people thought they could start pulling pulling things out, pulling weeds out, and do a lot of damage. Amen. Uproot a lot of people, and it's not our job. When I read this scripture, it resonated with me. So understand what our duty is: to plant, to water, to love, to build up, to encourage one another, to reach for everybody, love everybody, pray for everybody. God will sort all that out. He'll sort the details out. It's not our job. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word this morning. God, help us to understand our role and our responsibility in your kingdom and in your body. Lord, to reach for the lost, reach for everybody, love everybody, care for everybody, pray for everybody. God, you'll sort everything out. Help us to know our role, to plant, to water, to encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be dismissed. We have probably a couple minutes, 25 minutes. You can get a drink of water, use the restroom.